welcome in. We are back for 2023, the West Life podcast, sponsored by West Ashfield Leagues, the best place to watch a game live and loud when the season kicks off in just a few weeks' time. Uh, so good to be back. Uh, give us a follow at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife. And shout out to all our viewers on Facebook and YouTube tuning in for episode one. We've got uh, a few dozen already in joining us on night one. We really appreciate you coming back. Um, I'm excited, boys. I've been um, tempted to come back early, but just super, super keen. Good to see you guys and hear you guys as well. I'll go to my uh, mate out in Orange. As how was your off-season? I'm just happy the footies coming back i've been hanging for the podcast to come back since mid-december i've been hanging for the footy to come back so ready ready to rip in and let's go and another man that i know is pumped he's ready for footy to come back and ready to breathe fire but roberto bashara we're going to be we're hopefully going to be a lot more positive this year we're looking forward to a much more successful season fingers crossed I've, i've got lots of hope for this year what about you yeah, definitely. I think it's been our best off-season. You know, I actually can't remember a better off-season, to be honest. At least a drama-free off-season. Uh, I think the club's purchased pretty well overall, and I just don't think that's being biased. I think pretty much our whole fan base would agree with that. So plenty of positives. Good to do a show without coming in after a loss. We're starting off fresh. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to the season. Uh, lots to be positive about, and uh, let's hope the boys put on a good show for us this year. And apologies that we are a uh, little bit late. Just a few issues um, with my microphone, but hopefully my microphone. I've got a new setup. Look at me, a full like, Instagram influencer with my, uh, what do you call it, mic stand here. So a few uh, few teething issues, but I promise. Uh, as long as I'm sounding nice nice and clear, let us know in the comments. So fingers crossed the, uh, the new mic setup. Is sounding good. Uh, just bringing up the slideshow, getting into our show. Uh, Aaron, that's a good dead air. There we go. Got it up. Technology, okay. Righto. 2023 off-season review episode. Boys, it's been too long since our last game of footy. Um, as... Rob gave his little bit of an assessment of the off-season. How did you feel the off-season for the West Tigers went? I agree with Rob. There's been um, considerably less scandal. All the scandals have involved players that haven't been at our club or left our club. Um, So it's been refreshing in that regard to not have to hear so many stories about Tigers players getting in trouble and doing all those silly things that players have been known to do. We've made some astute signings. And yeah, it's it's looking like a, a nice new fresh year and from all reports everything around the club is pretty good. There's a lot of hype, there's a lot of enthusiasm and I'm just I'm keen for the footy to come back. So a couple trials to get our appetites all warmed up and yeah, then straight into it, eh? Quality comment from Mitch on Facebook. Good to see the boys back and Rob in his red room like Mr. Grey. I'm assuming that that's like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey reference. I'm assuming. Yeah, probably. My pattern. Yeah, I think it is. It's, uh, <laughs> what are those things hanging on the wall, Rob? Oh no, they're just lights. That's okay. They're just lights. Uh, right. <laughs> Righto. Uh, first segment. I've got our little rundown down the right. Our slideshow up and running. Righto. The monkey in the room, monkey in the room, the elephant in the room, wrong animal. The elephant in the room is Mitchell Moses. Uh, I guess we're going to, I, boys, I am so shocked that he he said leading in the Christmas he'll make a decision. Well, apparently he said. We have never got really any confirmed reports, but apparently he was going to make a decision by Christmas. Christmas came, New Year's came, uh, Orthodox, Orthodox Christmas came, summer School terms come back, and he still hasn't made a decision. Uh, Rob, your word was that he was going to stay put a few weeks ago, but uh, old Mitch is doing a few backflips or just taking a while to make the decision. What's, uh, yeah, what's I, the latest I, you've got on it? I, I was told from someone inside the club, like it's, it's pretty much gospel, that he basically said no and he wanted it kept under wraps. 
since then we upped our offer and that was a few weeks ago and that really gave him a bit of food for thought uh i think the longer it takes the less likely he is to join um and based on some of the stuff he's been posting the last week at training and what have you i, I don't think i don't think he's going to make the move but look it's good that our club is just you know got a plan and they're trying to chase who they want and and i know for a fact uh, from that source that they basically believe our only missing ingredient right now um, is a quality number seven with speed. Okay, so that's why they're so gung-ho on trying to get Mitch Moses. Um, so, yeah, w- whatever he does, whether it's... And, you know, there is a chance that it could have been for this year as well. That's how, how big the carrot was. Mm. Uh, so, look, we'll just see what happens. But, uh, look, our forward strength looks really good. So I think regardless of, of what happens, we've had a good off-season. But... To be fair as well, it's the first time we've actually had some money to spend. So, like, you know, our our, ham, our salary cap has always been hamstrung. So the good thing is we haven't fallen into the trap of, you know, paying this stupid money for, like, your Jack Birds or your, you know, your, your Nakoras or what have you that are, like, fringe pretty good players at yep. seven and 800K. We've, we've stood our ground. We've identified who we want. We've made some quality off-season signings. Yeah, sure, I was disappointed we let go of Jacko, but if he wasn't going to be playing halfback, then I've got no problems with that. So, look, I, I think overall, I, I can't, I couldn't have imagined the off-season ago as well as it has. That doesn't guarantee success, but all you can do is at least get the right type of players you want, and then from there, it's up to the coaches and up, it's up to the players and how they gel and how it all works out. So... Yeah, look, really happy. And and to be fair, though, Josh, I, I kind of switched off in the off-season anyway because, you know, the, the dramas and the rumours in innuendo, they do your, your head silly. And, like, people message me every day and I'm like, guys, chill out. Just whatever happens, yeah. happens, and we'll, we'll worry about it then. So, yeah, but, look, well well done to the club. But, uh, you know, I know the vibe's very positive. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's hope it, it, you know, translates into a lot of wins on the field. But there's no guarantee of that. And even if it doesn't, it's fine. We've, we've, we've done what we can in the off-season. That's all we could do. So whatever happens from here is a bonus. We look forward to another year with our major sponsor, Wes Ashfield from the Holman Barnes Group. The new Umbrella brand acknowledges their 22 years of partnership with our beloved West Tigers and is named after leg- legendary Keith Holman and Keith Barnes, who were included in the list of the nation's finest footballers of the 20th century and both admitted into the Australian Rugby League Hall of Fame. Uh, visit any of their three venues, West Ashfield, Croydon's Sports or Markets Club to enjoy all your favourite games from the home of the West Tigers. For more information, visit their website, holmanbarnesgroup.com.au. H-O-L-M-A-N-B-A-R-N-E-S group. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I kind of just want it either way. I hope he comes. I really want. I really think he really adds to the team. Uh, we need a an elite goal kicker and someone to steer us around the park. So I hope it happens. But I just want. Yeah, just want. I was hoping by tonight, our first episode, that we could talk about it being confirmed and just stop with the uh, speculation and sort of thing. Because there's reports coming out of different places. At, in terms of Mitch Moses and the money, they're talking around the one point per season mark. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that if it does happen? Like, do you do you want do you want to try one point three at Mitch Moses? Uh, you, you speaking to me or to Aaron? To Az, sorry, to Az. Yeah, uh, Rob, I'm just getting to move a bit closer to your mic too. Just sure. uh, a little bit distant there. Yep, that's okay. To Az, yeah. Yeah, I, well, the salary cap's going up. If it, or well, it's already gone up for this year, so I, I feel like those sort of big money offers aren't that big a deal anymore. The the 1.2, 1.3 might actually be the norm for your top your top paid player if you've got one that's just that cut up above the rest. So if we, if we want to throw that much money at him, um, if the club wants him that badly, then go for it, I guess. Um, they're obviously going to be a lot of focus on the juniors coming through, so there'll be less money going to those guys, and it kind of evens out with all those other guys in the middle who are on your like your 400 to 800K deals or whoever we have that might be on those amounts. I mean, I know Noff is on, I think, 550 or something, but... Um, yeah, I, if the, if they really want to throw that much money at him with the salary cap going up by, I think it was a fairly decent chunk, then why not? Rob, in terms of the salary cap, do how is your trust in management to 
because we, we can speculate on the money all we want and should the club pay whatever. But at the end of the day, the club knows exactly what amount of money is on the books and what they can afford and that sort of thing. Do you have... Because obviously we've been critical of how the club's handled, and rightly so, how they've handled signings in previous years. How's your faith in the in the setup that we've got now with the likes of Sheenzy, Benji, Robbie, the, those guys making helping make decisions, do you think they'll make the right call in, in terms of how much we can throw at Mitch? Yeah, I think they have to make the right call. I mean, you know, once bitten, twice shy, you know, a dozen years, you know, scarred and mm. sceptical. So there's there's that still that sceptic in me. But let's be real, it's really the first time that, uh, I think to a degree, we, I don't know 100%, but it sounds to me that Sheens and Benji are, are getting carte blanche and doing what they want. So we can't throw Pasco or any of the other board members into that uh, argument. So I think they've kind of washed their hands from that and, and they're entrusting everything in Sheens and Benji. And based on what's happened the last six months, they've done a great job. And, and no one was more critical of Sheens than me for what he did for, to our 2022 season. Um, but what they've done since and since they've got Benji and Robbie on board, uh, the signings we've made, like we've got international representative player signings now, like two of them were already coming, but then to get Bateman on top of that, uh, Clemmer, like it's a, real, it's a really strong pack. I, I, in terms of Moses, I do worry that if it turns out to be a failure, like $7 million for five years is, is a lot of money, but we, we need a general number one, but I mean, what... What I do like about Moses, and I wasn't a personal fan of him, but I'm sure he's matured a lot. What I think with Moses that we didn't have with Hastings is he's got that running game. And we don't just want a general. We want someone to run that ball, you know, like to, to the old Balmain supporters, like a Scotty Gale, you know, and just, and just take the line on. Like, like Mitch Moses' best games, unfortunately, seem to be against us. You know, he'll end up running for over 100 metres and carving us up and scoring a try and doing a chip over the top. We, we need that sort of Mitch Moses. We don't necessarily need a Cooper Cronk type of game from him. We, although that's elite, we want everything. We want the running game. We want the kicking game. We want that organisation. Uh, we want that guy that's going to want to touch the ball 80 or 90 times like Jacko was doing last year, but at speed, setting up everyone uh, behind a great pack of forwards. Look, he'd be mad not to come, to be honest, but, you know, I, I, I know he's still hard. No bias or anything. He, no, well, he, he still harbours a couple of grudges against a couple of people within the club for how he how he was punted from the club. He, like, yeah. even though it's made out he left, I mean, we made it clear back at the time that he wasn't a priority, and that's obviously got to do with Ivan and and, and Ivan Cleary and Justin Pascoe, and they made it clear that they, they'd rather Brooks and Moses, and that that's the way we went. So he was kind of a bit dirty on that. But uh, the other thing too, Josh. We, in terms of what Aaron was saying about our juniors, I don't think we've got a halfback that's going to be ready in three or four years, mm. even though we've got some great talent there. So I think that's the other reason we're trying to lock up Mitch Moses and keep him there. Uh, losing Jacko was bad for the backup halfback kind of thing, but I guess now, and we'll talk, discuss it later, Brandon Wakeham is that stopgap you know, yeah. measure in case someone gets injured, which is good because we really had absolutely zero depth there. So, yep. look, the club's doing all the right things. And, and what I'm liking is we're not getting bullied into making decisions or or being sort of taunted by the media. Tigers can't get their man. Tigers can't do this. Tigers, like, we've got Clemmer. We've got Bateman. We've got Papali'i. We've got Coruscant. Like, that's four rep caliper players in our pack. It's a lot to look forward to. So, yeah, I, I just I would rather pay overs for Mitch Moses than pay overs for a Josh Reynolds or a Chris McQueen or someone that can't offer anything. Like, Mitch Moses would be in the top five halfbacks in the comp. And I'm being very conservative there. So, yeah. Well, let's hope we get him. But if he doesn't, you know, we'll, we'll just go with Brooksy and Dwayne and see what they can do. Yep. Uh, right, a bit, of, a bit of other news. So I went to the field day. I know, Rob, you couldn't make it. It was on a Friday afternoon. A bit hard uh, for those who do real jobs. And obviously, as you are, what, 400 kilometres out west, so a bit hard for you to make it. As well, but man, I was surprised how many people. I mean, firstly, if anyone ever suggests to play a rugby league game at Con or Zurich Centre, like you're an idiot because parking for this was a nightmare. I know, like uh, the car, the car park basically is big enough for the 
players and stuff, and that's it. You, I had to walk ten. I mean, like Hard Oval is the same, I, I guess, but it's just a nightmare to uh, to get to. But um, other than that, once I got in the ground, it was free. Uh, caught up with familiar faces that you see at the game. Uh, yeah, seeing West Tigers fans, it's just a real good buzz around the crowd and the players, considering that we came last last year. Like, it just seemed, I don't know, it's it sounds silly, but it really, the vibe, not to quote the castle too much, but the vibe was just, yeah, really, really good. And just heaps of kids. It was a really good date. I heard, overheard uh, one of the West Tigers staff members saying uh, after that success, like how good it was, they'll look to do more during the year. So it was cool. I mean, it's something you only see really in Aussie rules or grand final week to see that many people watching a training session. So, uh, yeah, well done to the club for putting that on. It was pretty last minute, I think, because it was wasn't well, it wasn't promoted for very long. And yeah, it was the last day of school holidays, I guess, which helped. So that's why there was a lot of kids uh, there. But yeah, it was a great day. Uh, highly recommend if the West Tigers do. Another one, uh, get out there. But um, just cool to see, yeah. All the new, obviously, with new players coming in too, it was cool to see who was uh, who was playing where and that sort of thing. So we'll get into that when we're talking about ins and outs and team lists and that sort of thing. Uh, what I saw there, right around the ground. So our lower grade, our juniors uh, started round one over the weekend in SG Ball. The Magpies they beat Manly forty to eighteen. Uh, Balmain Tigers, they lost to Cronulla Sharks, 42-24. Oh, and I, your, your dog, Rob's not happy with that score, by the sounds of it. <laughs> I'm not going to stop him for about 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, the SG ball table, so, I mean, it's one round. But you can't really read much to it. Magpies are second, Balmain down in 14th. But um, in the Harold Mats, West, they got a good win as well in that uh, age group, 38-6 over Manly. Uh, Tigers, similar result, uh, lost 24-6 to Cronulla at Leichhardt. Uh, so Harold Matz, uh, West Magpies straight to the top with that 32-point margin. And But, um, yeah, so fingers crossed the, the Magpies come through and get another premiership for the club this year. So a good start. In the Laurie Daly Cup, the MacArthur Tigers lost to the Western Rams 32-14. And then the Andrew Johns Cup, they beat the Rams 26-18. I also had the the girls score. I'll bring those up. Uh, Not sure where that slide's gone, but the girls also started theirs all the weekend. We'll get into the ins and outs while I look that up, boys. So all the players that we lost over the off-season... Uh, Rob, can you remember a clean-out like this before? Look how many uh, pretty faces I've put up there. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 12. It's literally nearly a, like a whole starting side starting of 13. guys. <laughs> yeah, there's 12 guys in there. that uh, I, I included Luch as well. Uh, obviously, he left mid-season, but technically he was here last year. So, um, yeah, a massive clean-up. Rob, clean out, rather. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if you're going to clean out a team, you're best cleaning out the team that comes last. I mean, I stand corrected. I thought we lost like 15 or 16 of the top 30. So, um, yeah, it's a massive clean out. But look, what the most important thing is who did we replace them with? And it's mostly upgrades everywhere. So, you know, wish all the boys that played with the club last year well. But, you know, I think I think we've had a great off-season and, and we've got a much better squad. Uh, than we had last season, and I don't think anyone would disagree with that whatsoever. Uh, so in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership, apologies to the girls, I, I really thought I had a graphic ready to go. Our reigning champs, they lost to the Sharks. Bloody Sharks, get, knocking us off all they, they gave us a beat-up on the weekend. 30-18 uh, in Harvey Norman, and in Tasha Gale, the girls there, they lost to Manly, Manly as well. Uh, they lost 16-12 to Manly. So, uh, fingers crossed the girls will be better. And we'll preview all those grades and let you know times and uh, locations in our preview show, which is Wednesday nights now, not Thursdays. We decided to bring it forward to Wednesdays because people watch footy on Thursdays. So, 
uh, we thought Wednesday, bring it forward a day just to be a bit more convenient. Um, it gives everyone a couple, an extra day to listen to the show before the first game of the week as well. Uh, as who of that list of blokes in front of you, who are going to be the biggest losses, do you reckon? I think the biggest losses will be Chiwalangi and Jacko and even Garner. Um, Garner was with us for a good solid period of time. He he proved that he could play in the centres if he was needed there. Um, Jacko will miss the the enthusiasm, the energy, the commitment, the love he had for the club. Even on the social media now, he's still got love for the club. And as he as he um, as it came out that he was leaving, he. He had all nothing but good things to say about them, um, and yeah, Chiwalangi as well. I think he was um, he was really starting to find his find his groove and show us what he was capable of. So yeah, in mm-hmm. my opinion, those three will be the biggest losses. I've got uh, a few friends out in Penrith uh, in within the Panthers, and they reckon Luke Garner is absolutely killing it at training. Uh, I think he's also gone to the best team in the league. I think of all the players, we we hear it every year, of, oh, why the West Tigers let him go? I think Luke Garner's going to be top of the pile next year. I think he's going to have, just playing in that Panther side, it's going to make him look a little bit better than he is, but he is a good player. Um, and apparently, he's, yeah, training the house down and very, very impressive out in Penny. So... Uh, moving on to the guys that have come in, so some fresh new faces. So obviously, uh, Brandon Wakem uh, got a brain melt. Yeah, Appy Corusau, Isaiah Papali, John Bateman, Charlie Staines, uh, Will Smith, David Clemmer, and who's the Waratahs guy? Uh, Tristan Riley. So Roberto. Who of these guys, I mean, we can spend a fair bit of time, the guys who are now going to be wearing West Tigers jerseys. <laughs> uh, obviously, Appy and Papa are going to be the the big ones to watch. But, man, it's a, it's a very solid four-pack that we've built for this year. Yeah, look, the one I know, obviously, everyone would be excited about Appy and Papa Lee, and rightfully so, and, and they're probably the, the two best signings. But for me, it's David Clemmer. Uh, he's an absolute meter-eater. Uh, he's a lot of his work at Newcastle went unnoticed. He's he's one of these guys that started off at the beginning with a great career, found success easily, representative football easily, fallen by the wayside, was meant to be the man at Canterbury, didn't find his feet there in the end, and then went to Newcastle thinking he'd change his career there. And they had they had a pretty good team there too, and that didn't work. So I just think he's going to have a real hunger and desire to do well. And he's going to be the leader of our pack. So, yeah, I, I'm excited for him. You know, I just hope if we get a couple of wins under our belt early, I, I just think he could play red footy again. That, that's how pumped up I am for his signing. Mm. So, yeah, out of all the signings, he's the one I'm most excited about. Uh, as who are you most excited, excited about the new fellows? Oh, I'd say Appy because just the impact he's going to have up front in that spine, mm. um, the ability he's got to think on his feet and the the way he's going to make things much easier for Brooksy and take some pressure off him is going to be like second to none in what turns our season around. Um, but other, otherwise, I'd, I'd have to agree with um, Rob and say Big Clem. Um, it was like Newcastle fans would be the first to admit they had a really, really poor season last year. They had finally had a little bit of hope and a little bit of hype after their two seasons where they made the top eight despite having first round exits in the finals. Um, that yeah, they they were definitely very keen for last season and in what was a poor season where they also had a lot of injuries, like Ponga spent a lot of time on the sidelines with concussion and whatnot. But Clemmer um, was still a shining light for them in what in what was a pretty bleak year. He he was probably one of their hardest working players. We all know that he had that issue with the um, with the trainer in late in the season, but. Their season was done by then, and I think he was just being a bit emotional. But sometimes that emotion can be a good thing. Um, he's going to bring that to the yeah. Tigers. He's going to bring that mongrel. He's going to bring that grunt. And he's going to be such a, a good leader for our young forwards on, on and off the field. And I have no doubt he, he'll be one of our starting forwards in um, round one. But I'm very, very interested to see who partners up 
um, partners up with him. I've got a few ideas yeah, I'd like it to be, but... At the opening training session, it was him and Steph uh, in the starting side, so uh, the looks of it will be Clem and Steph. Uh, yeah, Steph was who I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, I mean, you talk about Clem as... Appy and Papa, they're like big tough guys. Well, Bateman, obviously, he was a bit of an asshole playing a couple of years ago. But you know what? I kind of like that we have the assholes now. I have to agree with you, Josh. It's good to have a bit of mongrel in the pack. Um, obviously, with Bateman, you just got to make sure that he's happy and settled in Australia and, you know, doesn't want to, you know, get homesick again or, or leave suddenly or anything like that. But We've certainly got enough experience there and, and go forward. But I, I still worry about the backs a little bit. Um, but that's that's going to have to be now up to Benji and Sheenzy to see what we can, you know, make of them. Uh, because, you know, our back line, it, do, it doesn't look great, really, like especially in the centres. We've, we've got to sort that out. Like Nate, Naden's the obvious pick for one spot, so Lau's probably the other spot. But let's just hope they can gel and, and, and get some points on the board because we're definitely going to have the pack to work behind. Yeah. And I think defensively in the forwards will be a lot better too because a lot of those players we've signed, they've been really good at plugging the holes for the teams that they've played on in the past. Like, um, not only was he great in attack, but Papali'i was he was a beast in defence and you, it was pretty tricky to get around him. So I think um, especially there in the forwards, we're, we'll be a lot better defensively, but I'm also concerned about the backs defensively too because mm. um, I think our edges still with whoever we've got there in the centres and whoever we've got outside them on the wings, we need them making good defensive decisions. Um, and that's proven to be our downfall in the past few years. I feel like uh, we've, we we got better in the forwards a little bit, but yeah, our, our defensive backs were not up to scratch the last few seasons. So I think that's where the biggest turnaround needs to be for us to win games. Um, obviously, speed on in the backs is great too. And obviously that's still a big part of what we're missing when you consider Manly have a player like Jason Saab. Um, the Storm have... No, they don't have him anymore. Um, and yeah, the Dogs have Adokar. No, I was thinking um, the, the Fiji and at the Storm. I forget. I mental blank on his name. But I don't yeah, he's in Rugby Union now. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a mental blank there. Like, it's still... It still feels it's gonna. It takes some time to get into the new season where all the players are yeah, gone because yeah. there's just so much movement. <laughs> I think the exciting thing for me, Aaron, is like I wrote down like all the forwards, and you know we've obviously discussed who's going to play lock because there's been talk of we need to have a ball playing lock. So when you think of ball players, you're thinking like Matamua, and even though mm-hmm. Bateman's a, a right edge second rower, he can ball play. So you could possibly put him there. You're not going to put Joffre at lock. So I'm looking at all these forwards and thinking of who our bench is going to be. And then I'm just realising someone's going to miss out. Like someone's not even going to make the 17. You know, and you've still sure. got guys like Joffre mm-hmm. and Twal and Pole and and all these all these guys. You know, Tumith apparently is training the house down. Like there's just so many guys in that forward pack. And, and obviously Sheens has a penchant to putting one or two backs on the bench. So there's just going to be some serious forward depth there. So if you want to play first grade, you're going to have to play really, really well. And the best part is you've got pressure on you now to hold your spot. When you're coming last and you're losing games and, and the you know New South Wales Cup side is getting flogged, well, you can't exactly bring someone up when they're getting flogged so the first grade players don't feel any pressure to perform as well. So I just think the competition for spots now is is really going to ignite things. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, good, to a good season. So the West Tigers have tweaked their jerseys for 2023. The V in the middle is a little bit slicker. You've got those cool little dots down the side. So the black on the orange jersey and the orange on the black. Uh, boys, what do you think about the new jerseys this year? And as do you think, kind of like that that's just a tweak rather than a whole brand new starting from scratch jersey? It's it's not too bad, I don't think. Um, I. I think after the season last year, a lot of us were like, let's just start something fresh, yeah. uh, something different. But I don't know. They do look a bit cleaner. It, is it just me or is that orange in the away jersey um, a much different shade or maybe just because a player's wearing I think it? It's a yeah. One is obviously a player wearing it. Another is uh, it's lighting. I don't, 
that look more orange than that one that left. Uh, yeah, but they do look a yeah, bit tighter, a bit cleaner. Um, I yeah. do like the dots on the, on the like around the side. It gives it a little bit yeah. more, more color to it and mm. kind of pops Speed it out a little bit more. But as you go, that's right. Um, but yeah, as long as the teams start performing in them, who are we to complain? Yep. What are your thoughts, Rob? It definitely looks more orange, Josh. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not neither here nor there with it. I, I I'm more interested in the the pattern on the jersey and 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 whatnot. So, look, yeah, I, I don't like Aaron said. I don't care what they wear. I just want to have a competitive team on the field every week. So next, we're discussing the rule changes. My audio listeners dropped out a bit here, but Rob and Aaron got into some of the new rule changes for 2023. So, what are your thoughts on the rule changes, Aaron? Like I said, I think a few of them were needed. I don't think I think a few of them won't really make too much of a difference. But um, the captain's challenge is that big one. Like they made that big hullabaloo about our game against the against the Cowboys and how that ended and all that chaos and carnage and said basically said everything was okay. But now here's this rule am- amendment that basically now makes what happened in that okay, uh, kind of proving our point that what happened originally wasn't okay. So. I think that's the thing that's teed off most Tigers fans um, is the captain's challenge stupidity, I'm going to call it. Yeah, the, the other thing too is like what, what's actually going to get administered by the referees. Like, I mean, it's only a little basic one, but the one that gets me is like, you know, the 10-metre rule. Like what happens when every try gets video checked? Now, what happens if every time we check a video try that, someone's a couple of metres offside or, or even, for example, you know, when someone takes a length of the field intercept try, like if we go back and check that intercept and we find out he was two metres in front of the try line when the play the ball has happened, like there's going to be so many more tries overturned now because we're going to be checking these little nitty-gritty things. So I, I'm just wondering how that's going to pan out more with the video replays. You know, I, I just think there's going to be a lot more no tries if they're legitimately going to check the 10-metre rule, you know, on, on every try. Yeah, and then you've got um, not just that, but like it, what you're talking about there with all of the like all of those real long range length of the field tries and how even they started I think last year checking uh, how players picked up the ball. Like I think it was that one in uh, in our game between us and the Rabbits that we won, um, where Brooksy it kind of looked like he was bobbling it, like it sort of came off his chest, but then it into his arm but then he managed to catch it and yeah yeah a lot, a lot of those ones we've had in the past where they've overruled them because it's like it's come off a player's arm even though they haven't been meaning to touch it at that point and then it they've scooped it up and off they went i think brooks himself had one of those maybe um a couple seasons ago but yeah they spend a lot of time checking them i feel like they and they they took they really went out of their way in 2022 to overrule a lot of tries that were awarded on field. They they nitpicked and just found whatever they could to take the try away. And a few of the ones that come to mind for the Tigers were um, the two that we had against Manly. Um, one of them was, I think, the Tyrone Peachy quote-unquote bobble over the try yes. line that yeah. thankfully scored a couple minutes later. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just, there's been a lot of those. And I think it's, They've got to kind of just let the game flow a lot more. Well, do you take that amendment now to, to mean that that peachy try would have been allowed? Like in terms of yep. the the grounding rule now? Like it's just, I just think they're trying to make it easier that you're almost, you know, going to be, you know, you can lose control of it almost, but it's, if it hasn't left your hand, it's still a try. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't mind. I don't mind that too much as long as there's no separation. There was also that sketchy one we had back in 2021 um, in also that game against the Rabbits where we lost that one in really unfortunate circumstances where um, Jeff Burgess it was um, yeah. kind of, it looked from one angle like he had dropped it. It looked from another like he had had control over it, but it kind of sure. just rolled along his hand onto his arm and that was kind of at the point where he planted it. And Well, that'll be a try now, but that wasn't a try. from And, yeah. and definitely from one, one angle, you're 100% right, from one angle it looked okay. And I remember at the time, you know, Madge's reaction to the replay was like, oh, bugger, it's a try. But that other that other angle that you mentioned uh, to what would have been Burgess's left-hand corner post, 
that that showed that he clearly lost it. So, and that that could have been one of the great wins too, couldn't it? With with Brooksy going 100 meters. Yeah, I, I remember. I don't remember who, which referee it was. I just remember his face. He's like, "Oh crap! I better, I better go, <laughs> better go down the other end." Here. Well, he did. He did the right thing playing on. He did the right. Yeah. he did the right thing playing on. It's not. It's not his fault as to how the decision went. But you know, that's actually a good it refereeing. Did look live, like, and I don't blame the boys for thinking. Looking at it live, it absolutely looked like it could have been a knock on, and Brooksy yeah. absolutely did the right thing by picking it up and going and down the other end while all the rabbits were celebrating. Or well, I, I just, I just let me just mention, guys. I went out and watched um, the Balmain Harold Matson SG ball on the weekend, and even though we lost twenty four six in the Harold Mats, it was actually a, a really good contest. Um, we've got a little star at fullback called Michael Nasser. If any of you guys had watched him, you think you're watching the next James Tedesco. I know it's a, only a young age group, but this guy was just absolutely brilliant. Carved him up in attack. Great defender. Great positional play. Um, and we're really in, in the game for quite a long time until one of our players, uh, the hooker, Jared Haywood, got a concussion and, had, and like the game was stopped for about five or ten minutes uh, till he came off. But, um, yeah, just keep your eye out for this little kid, Michael Nasser. What a – like, you can't judge someone on one game, and it, it was only the first game of the year, but what a game. Every time he touched the ball, he just absolutely carved him up. So, one to watch, and I'm, I'm looking forward to – you know, getting to watch the uh, West Harold Mats and SG Balls because they, they obviously had wins and uh, they've obviously got a few stars in those teams as well. Was it a Harold Mats team, the West's Harold Mats team, the one that won the comp last year? Or am I, I thinking think of a different that, I think they team? were grand finalists. Is that right? Or was that the SG Ball? I don't remember. I know I know it was one of them. I, I feel like it was either, either of them. Um, obviously, Penrith won almost all of the comps last year, but it wasn't. Yeah, um, not 100% old, sure. Over but them. But I tell you what, the Cronulla boys in in both games, they came out absolutely fired up, and and the SG Ball game, like I was looking forward to seeing. You know, there's been a lot of hype around Josh Folletti. Um, You know, no, no, I, I can't say anything bad about Josh because he really didn't get a chance. They absolutely dominated us, and our team was going backwards for like basically the first 45 minutes of the game. It was only in the you know the back end of the game that the boys really showed up and put on a few tries just to make the score look a bit more respectable, but. Cronulla absolutely manhandled us in the SG ball. But uh, the Harold Mats, that 24-6 is not a true indication of how the game was. It, it was actually a really good effort by our boys. Tonight, we'd like to welcome our new sponsors for the 2023 season, Mobile Corp. So Stephen contacted us in the off-season. He's a long-time listener and passionate West Tigers supporter. And they can assist with anything IT-related. And you might remember them. They were the major sponsor of Balmain in 1994 under the guise of MLC Phones. So they say, it's there's a saying in IT, there are only two types of companies, those who have been, who have been hacked and those who will be hacked. So what can business owners do to protect themselves from cyber attack? Mobile, Mobile Corp is a family-run tech company that supports West Tigers and was even the major jersey sponsor back in 2007. Mobile Corp is also passionate about helping protect businesses from cyber threats. So for, for an affordable cyber security solution, go to mobilecorp.com.au and welcome to those guys for the 2023 season and we appreciate your support. Did you want me to give you the rundown for the rules? Uh, or the amendments, I should yeah, say? Yeah, go for it. As yeah, go for it. So we've mentioned a couple of them already, but I'll go through them. So there was the grounding the ball one where tries will be now awarded if the ball rotates from the hand to the wrist or forearm, uh, provided there's no obvious separation. Uh, the 18th man rule has been tweaked so that now that if there's two failed HIAs as opposed to three, um, the act the 18th man will able will be able to be uh, added to the game, which I think is a good thing for concussion because obviously more players on the bench for longer uh, means less risk to all other players who haven't had HIAs in games yet. So I think that's a really good one. Uh, the bunker may now only intervene for acts of foul play, which it deems to be reportable. Uh, so, and apparently this change will ensure fewer, fewer needless stoppages while also confirming a firmer process around foul play intervention. Um, we've already had the captain's challenge one. Uh, offside infringements at scrums. A full penalty will now be awarded other than a set instead of a set restart for offside scrum infringements. So um, we saw that a lot in 
I mean, I think pretty much every team was trying to take advantage of that one where they'd be able to break the scrum early and get a bit of a jump on the defense and only just give away that extra tackle. But now, um, the, yeah, the change of that one going back to the, back to the penalty, uh, the 10 meter compliance in general play. So active defenders must have both feet in line or behind the referee when setting the 10 meter defensive line. And referees will have the option of awarding a full penalty for multiple 10 meter breaches without requiring the mandatory use of the sin bin. Referees can still use the sin bin if they consider breaches to be deliberate or cynical. The charge, the changes will give further clarity to officials and teams around what constitutes a breach of the rules. And for the adjudication of completed tackles, the referees will now issue a single call of held or release when a tackle is completed rather than the separate calls of held and release. Uh, the change will address unnecessary slowing of the play the ball and improve game continuity. Love you, Gussie. Gussie commenting. <laughs> what a question. <laughs> the hype man's back. <laughs> uh, right. Thanks for that. As any, any of those points, Rob, you want to touch on that as just read out? Oh, look, they, they might open a can of worms again with this, with the, the full scrum penalty because, I don't know if you remember, you know, probably going back 15, 20 years ago, if there was a penalty and you took a quick tap and then that person got tackled straight away, you'd get a sin bin out of it, you know, like for catching them sort of, you know, doing the wrong thing. The the option now from a scrum is you can retake that scrum and if they commit another penalty again, then it's an automatic sin bin. What I'd like to see is if we get a full penalty from that scrum, then if someone infringes straight away, that should be an automatic sin bin. It should just work the same as having a second scrum instead of having to waste time and, and pack a second scrum. But there's literally nothing new there. Even, even the, the mandate about the video can only adjudicate on foul play. That's what it always was. It's just that it just got more greyer and greyer and they, they interfered in stuff they weren't meant to interfere with. Uh, and, you know, hence the shallow whistle or the full whistle or whatever the hell that crap was with North Queensland. Like, <laughs> That should, he never have got involved in that. That's not foul play. That's not anything. The ref's playing full time. So anyway, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just. I think the NRL just basically saying what they want to emphasise in 2023, as opposed to really being anything new. So I'm interested more in that 10 meter rule thing. That that's there's just going to be so many no tries if they stick to that. Mm. And obviously, and so much of it, especially when you're like in the red zone, it's all obvious foul play. I I feel like the sin bin needs to come into come into it more frequently because obviously players were allowed to or teams were allowed to give away three, four penalties on the on the try line in a row before the referee was finally like, hey, here's your warning. Stop it. Um, and that's when they stopped. But I feel like if there's a lot more um, onus on the referees to just say, hey, this is deliberate. This is cynical. Off you go. Um, that might start nipping, nipping all that in the bud a lot more, especially like you were saying, Rob, with the players coming out of the like coming off the defensive line from a scrum how many like so many times that was that was deliberate it was almost always deliberate and they just do it to give away the set restart so that they can get the jump on them defensively but if they start binning players for that that'll stop it yeah i i just i just don't see i, I don't think they've put enough thought into that scrum penalty full penalty issue because we all know your best chance of scoring a try these days close to the line is from a scrum. So if you were a coach of the defensive team, you'd almost want to just give a penalty straight away and, and set your line up and just have a, a, a full set, you know, like, and that's what the Roosters did a few years ago and they conceded the most tries, uh, the most penalties, sorry, in their own red zone and won the premiership. So I just think, you know, they maybe should have gone further than that if you infringe from a scrum, Sinbin, or offside from a scrum, Sinbin, or something to just not slow the game down because any coach worth his salt is going to want to slow the game down and set your line and have, you know, at least 13 blokes on the line, you know, defending as opposed to six or seven. So I don't know. We'll just see how it goes. I don't, I don't think it's a big deal with, I just want to be able to score tries first and <laughs> see what goes from there. Right. Moving on to just a few of our plans for the show this year. So I mentioned earlier we're moving to Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Uh, also, our Player of the Year. So last year we did a 3-2-1 between us. So we're going to get you guys involved with that this year. So you're going to vote for 
player of the year by giving a players a one to ten rating. So I'll bring it. I'll basically drop a Google sheet, one to seventeen from that week, and you rate that player one to ten. Obviously, ten being the best, one being rubbish, and we'll take those averages. Talk about what scores you guys gave the players each week, and then we'll add those scores up. And whoever has the highest gets the Player of the Year award. Uh, did that make sense, Rob? <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically the listeners are, are sorting out our Player of the Year and we're doing nothing. That's good. Like well, <laughs> not nothing. I've got to gather the data, but they, they're taking part. We, we can vote too. We can vote too. We okay. can say what we gave them. We, uh, we can, we'll still contribute. I'm not making slaves of our listeners. They, they, they're taking part. <laughs> oh good uh, we, also, we also had some requests in our end of year survey last year you guys asked us to give tips on other games so we'll go through the other eight well, other eight other seven games for the round and give our tips um whether or not that'll help you but um yeah rob stradamus can give you some tips on how to win money <laughs> and maybe tipping comp as well sounds good what are your thoughts on that one, As? I think that could be a bit of fun. Um, we can, like, spend just a, or give a cup, like a, a quick opinion on each game, um, and that'll that'll be something for something for the fans if we can draw in listeners from other teams and they might want to hear a quick minute or two about what we have to say about their team and could be could be a bit of fun. We can have a little bit of a competition between the four of us to see which of us is the best tipper and. Yeah, yeah that, that'll be good for the season. We'll see how we go. Uh, we've actually got merch. Well, Rugby League merch has actually uh, created some merch for us. I'm talking about me doing nothing, Rob, I did all I did was send uh, Scotty, who runs this site, our logos, and he's whipped up some um, pretty cool merch. So if you want to grab some merch from West Life, I guess official, because it's given our... Uh, stamp of approval um go for it and he, he even asked me just quietly he said look how much do you want to charge for these because obviously he makes money and he gives uh whoever he's promoting a cut i've literally said zero because if you guys want to wear our brand around and promote the show it's um it's literally no profit for us so 28 bucks for a t-shirt cheap as in 2023 so i don't i yeah didn't want any profit from it, but um, be cool to see some Westlife hats and t-shirts out there. So, uh, yeah, there's also, he created a one, uh, we were effing robbed and it took me <laughs> a minute to work out that he was actually making a pun about you, Rob. I'm like, what's he talking about there? I'm like, we are rorted and I realized it's for, uh, for your fans. Oh uh, yeah. I don't, don't know about having fans, but yeah, I, Lost my cool a few times last year, and I'm planning not to do that once this year. To the to the disappointment of some of the listeners out there, I'm sure. But uh, look, I think we just want to focus on look, the club's done what they can now. They've basically, like I said, given Sheen's the keys, and uh, I just want to enjoy my footy this year. And yeah, I mean, we'll probably have a few temper tantrums at some referees and and stuff like that. But uh, guys, I'm really looking forward to actually doing like proper breakdowns of, of the games on a Monday, like doing an actual proper review and, and dissecting the game and what we did right and what we did wrong and, and getting other, you know, listeners' opinions and what have you. And then and then with the previews, like Aaron said, you know, we'll we'll, we'll throw our tips in and we, we might give the listeners a few multis and, you know, I can get some DMs of using me saying what a crappy <laughs> tipster I am and that should be a bit of fun. Looking it's forward to that. it. We've always said that we're basically a community sort of show and we like to get people involved we've had our rant pods which have been pretty popular in the past if anyone ever wants to get come on the show and we invite 100 percent invite people tell us why we're wrong we one of the things people tell us is that we agree with each other too much and that's not because we're trying to we just happen to agree with it so if you disagree with something we say we 100 percent uh invite you to come on and let us tell you why you're wrong so uh if you ever want to come on the show, just send us a DM. No, no, we'll be we'll be kind. I think um, people enjoy different opinions coming on. So, yes, slide into our DMs or send us an email at podcast at westlife.com and 
yeah, we'll get as many of you on as we can. Uh, moving on to our Patreon questions. Oh, just the almost forgot to promote my other little side projects that I worked on over the summer. Apologies to anyone who didn't enjoy it because I was running it in the Westlife feed. Sport Espresso is just a little five to ten minute podcast I do every weekday morning. Just going through scores from both local sports and basketball, NFL and that sort of thing as well. So if you want to catch up on the last 24 hours of sport, check out Sport Espresso, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and shouts to the, the five or six people uh, who yeah, sent me DMs and said they are actually enjoying it. But it's on its own feed if anyone who subscribes to our podcast wonder where it goes. It, um, it's in its own feed. So give it a search on Apple and Spotify. Right, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. If you want to support the show from just $3 a month, access to our Discord, take part in the show and some exclusive content. The boys and girls have dropped some questions for us in our Discord and my internet has loaded them. Thank you, Mr. Internet. Uh, Righto, Connor Noons, shout the Connor, he'd be pretty happy today with Kyrie Irving coming to his Dallas Mavericks. But he's asked a rugby league question. Who is your prediction to A, break out and B, fail to deliver in the, for the West Tigers in 2023? Do you want to go first, Az? Um, It's a bit of a tricky one because there's a few of the young players coming through who I think are definitely a solid chance of breaking out. Um, I think Tristan Riley is one we'll have to keep an eye on. If he gets a, if he gets a bit of a run, I think he's going to really make a name for himself. And I've got some reservations about Matamua. I know there's a lot of positivity around, about him around the club and around the fan base, but given what we saw last year, I think without a really good solid stint plying his trade in reserve grade, I don't think he'll have, um, too much of an impact in in first grade, unfortunately. So he he's my tip to maybe not deliver. Maybe an unpopular one, but uh, Roberto. Oh, here you go. This is my chance, Aaron, to prove all those people that say we agree with each other all the time wrong. <laughs> um, I, I accept what you're saying about Matamua, and it, and it could absolutely turn out that way. I actually think he'll be the one that has the breakout season. Um, he definitely was suspect in defence last year in those few games he played, especially his lateral movement. And um, you'd, you'd remember the game, I'm sure you were there, the Penrith game at Combank. Yep. Um, he, he made a pretty bad defensive read that led to like a 40-metre break, which consequently led to the go-ahead try for Penrith. Uh, I, I think he's probably the one. Like, you, you can't say the older blokes are going to have breakout years. Uh, I mean, there's so many players I'm looking forward to. I, I think... I think Noffa would have had the fear of God putting him by the club for his attitude and whatever. I think Noffa's going to have a great year. I think Naden's going to have a great year. I think Clem's going to have a great year. When the question about who's going to disappoint, this is the good news. I actually don't see anyone. I, I can't see anyone letting us down. I really don't. I, I'm not saying they're going to be brilliant, but I don't see anyone not putting in or just being an absolute failure. So I, I got no answer for that who's going to, you know, not not uh, succeed one. But in terms of breakout, I mean, most of the other players are established. I think we, we it's safe to say we all agree Fanua Pole has already delivered in his, you know, quarter of a season. So if he has another good year, does that class as a breakout season? I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I think there's a lot to look forward to, guys. Like I say, I don't know where we're going to finish, but there's a lot to look forward to. I think Dane Laurie, he's got... I don't know. Can you call it a breakout year? I mean, what's his third season? His third year. But his first year was fantastic, Josh. Yeah. His first year was a breakout year, and then he's, mm. he got second year syndrome. He was awful for the first half of last year. Yeah, well, so I'm kind of cheating on the question, game. but then I got think Dane Laurie has his best season yet. I know there's only been a couple, but I think he'll establish himself to the point that West Tigers fans will be pretty much all adamant that he's the fullback of the future. I think he's a young talent. He's going to mature a little bit. Um, 
he's, I think he's still doing backflips on his scooters and that sort of thing. But I think yeah, he's, not, he's not wearing Penrith jerseys after premierships anymore. Yeah, he's. I think, <laughs> I think he'll, he'll he'll get his mind right. I think he's he's just a, such a natural talent. I think he's in and behind that four pack, more offloads, Sheen's ball, that's going to suit him to a T. So I think um, in terms of a disappointing season, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't really want to bag anyone on the show, especially without a ball being kicked. Yeah, to fail to to deliver. Um, yeah, I really I really don't want to name anyone. Sorry, Noons. I know we're only. Uh, I actually can't name one. I really yeah. can't. I mean, you know, probably the obvious one would be Brooks because there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just think they'll all go pretty well. I mean, Papa Lee, he's going to have big, big expectations, maybe to carry the team, and maybe I'm not saying those happy. Yeah, maybe the, the expectations are so high on those guys that we're expecting them to fully carry us to wins, and it might be a bit shaky. But um, yeah, I. I I can't think of anyone. It's we're we're at high, the high hopes part of the season, so it's hard to. Uh, you know what? I will throw a name out there that might let us down. Mitch Moses, <laughs> By not, signing with us. Yeah. not not signing with us. That yeah. that could be the letdown. There you go, Mitch. Uh, so just ben, really quickly on the halves, yeah, um, the question for both of you, and I'll I'll answer it too. But um, out of the two halves, if our halves pairing stays as as is as is expected. Um, who do you think is going to be the more dominant out of the two? Uh, I think a lot of what Appy does will go under the radar, kind of like Robbie Farrer. Uh, when you watch Robbie Farrer footage, which I did a little bit with a few Fox Sports games over the summer, you just forget just how much of those little things that he did. So, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe Appy. What do you reckon, Rob? I think it'll be pretty much split, especially in attack. I, I think I think Appy will be the bloke sort of you know, doing all the you know yardage attack from our half. Mm. But once we get in the red zone, I think it'll just be pretty much uh, Brooksy playing left side and and Adam playing right side. What I'm interested in, in is who's going to be in charge of those last tackle kicks. So and and I, I reckon it'll probably go like you know 66 33 to Adam in terms. Of, I think he's got the better kicking game myself, but. Um, but we're only speculating. We really don't know yet. Yeah, I, I'm hoping we see a better kicking game from Brooksy. Like, I've, I said it a few times last year. He's shown us just how good his kicking game can be. If he can get those grubbers in behind the defensive line, then we're a, a much better chance of getting tries or at the very least um, set restarts out of them from dropouts or whatever. But I feel like having Appy is going to unlock Brooks. And I'm not just saying that because of Brooks Island and everything. I, I really <laughs> think that um, Appy's going to make such a huge difference for, difference for the game of Brooksy because I think one of our biggest complaints about Jakey Little last year was um, just how often he found himself out, out of action or out of, like, out of the play. And it was 2021, um, that game against the Warriors um, up at Suncorp where he, he ended up not even there at the play the ball for oh, yeah. a really good attacking chance. And um, just having a player who's going to have a much better role in in dummy half is going to be so much better for Brooksy. I think Adam will be the more dominant talker and he's much more captain material than Brooksy is. But yeah, I it's I kind of agree with Rob. It'll be a pretty much a 66 to 33 split, but I, I hope we see a better season from Brooksy. See, what, what people, you know, I, I get the part about, you know, having Appy and, you know, we're going to be better and all that, and we will. There's no doubt about that. Do people forget, like, do people actually think Coruscant's better than Farrah? Like, Brooksy's had, what, five and a half seasons where he's played with Robbie Farrah. So, yeah, he's going to help him, no doubt. But he had five and a half seasons of having Farrah do his, you know, little tricks from dummy half and getting him upfield and, you know, setting up stuff in the red zone. So I, I, I just think, like, the thing that really excites me for, for Brooksy and, and, to be honest, more, more for Adam Dwayhe is the big pack we're playing behind. Because, like, Adam's done some things behind a pretty ordinary pack. I, I know people bagged some of his latter games of last year, but he scored tries out of nowhere, you know, from scrums, 
you know, created that go-ahead try against North Queensland out of nothing behind a shitty pack. Like, imagine what guys like Adam and, and some of our backs are going to do behind these forwards. So everyone talks about what's Brooks going to do. I just think the whole team's going to be better for being behind a great forward pack. And and certainly Appy's going to help, but it's let's not, you know, uh, be so apologetic to Brooks. He, he's had a good hooker for five and a half years out of his, you know, 10, basically. So... You know, I, I just don't think it's all it's all on Appy for, for Brooks. He, he's been there before and done that. Uh, yeah. Will asks, obvious question for the pod, are you happy with recruitment for 2023? We've obviously kind of gone through it. Bloody hell. show already, but yeah. yeah, Double thumbs up. Yeah, yeah definitely. Nine out of ten. Yeah, ha- have not paid stupid money for any player. In fact, we've got some bargains. And, we, and we've got other clubs paying for some, you know, like for part of Clem's contract, et cetera, et cetera. So... Could not have been happier if we did the signings ourselves. The Knights are uh, paying half of Clem's contract for the year, aren't they? Correct. Yeah. And we got him on, was it a three, a two-year deal or a three-year deal? Uh, three years. Joey Lulash, I saw Joey in the comments there. Did I pronounce his surname right there, Rob? Close, Lulash. Lulash. Just think of The Rock, you know, when The Rock does the, the Lulash. Yeah. I can't do it. But rock is in the restaurant. <laughs> you can smell uh, what I'm talking about, can't you? Anyway, Joey, Joey asks, who do you think will be captain for this year? What do you reckon, As? I'd say Joffa would be the, the smart pick, but I think he's going to be playing off the bench. Um, so I don't think he'll be the best pick. I think they might end up going with Dewey because he'll be on the field the whole game. I don't know which of those halves is going to take kicking duties. I imagine Dewey would, so maybe there'd be a different player doing the talking while Dewey's doing conversions and whatnot. But yeah, I I think that's that's who I'd be leaning to. Um, he's shown that he has aspirations to be a captain, and I think based on what we saw um, on the doco a couple of years ago, especially at that Rabbits game that um, I mentioned before, I think he's definitely captain material. And he wants it, so it's probably the main thing there too that he wants it. He wants to be that leader. Yeah, Adam's my pick as well. And just on Adam, you're saying Dewey, Rob saying Dewey here. So I saw Vossi did tweet out. Uh, Adam has requested. So in the World Cup, he was being referred to as Dewey here, but he's requested to be Dewey in the NRL this year. So. I don't know what what do we do, Rob? Do we do we stick to our guns with Dewey here, or do we go by what he requested in Dewey? What do you reckon? Well, we sh- we should respect his wishes, but he's Dewey. That's that's how you pronounce it. Like, and he's and he's probably gone back to Dewey because some of the commentators can't pronounce it for some silly reason. So yeah, so yeah, if he wants to be Dewey, we we can call him Dewey. I don't know. It's up to you. You're you're the boss of the show. Yeah. So Adam. The man formerly known as Dwayne, he he will he should be captain in my opinion. And the word is it said in the Telegraph today, I believe I saw a tweet getting around that he's probably going to extend, possibly for another year at this stage. So it's not like he. So if that's locked in, he's he should be captain for me. What do you reckon, Rob? I, I don't know who's going to be captain, and, and silly me, I, I should have asked on Saturday because I, I did get to chat with Robbie Farrah for a few minutes. Um, but it would be Adam for me, and it'd probably be Appy as vice captain. Mm. Um, but obviously, and I know it's it's a long shot, but if Mitch Moses comes to the club, I'd assume he'd be captain, and mm. then Adam would be vice captain. So that that's the way I, I would see it going. Uh, number question from Joey. If we make, don't make the finals and but finish ninth to 10th, would you consider that season a success? Mm. Well, I think yes, it's maybe. not that black and white. I think if we get to ninth or 10th, we had a few teething issues and we just miss out and we kind of hit form and start to look pretty good towards the end of the year, maybe. But... I don't know. It's it's hard it's hard to say because there's a bad ninth and yeah, a heartbreaking ninth. So I think I think what our, our supporters have to remember, Josh, is other than the Dolphins, no club has had more changes than ours. 
mm. okay, in terms in terms of personnel. Yeah. So even though most of it's forwards, and we've had you know guys on the Patreon chat rightfully say that you know it's easier for the forwards to gel quicker, you know, and most of our backs are pretty much the same. It, it does take time. It takes time to build you know combinations, trust, um, yeah. and not just that. You've also got you know a new a coach that's been out of the NRL for ten years, two new assistant coaches. So there, it's, I mean, after coming last, I think ninth or tenth would hurt. It would hurt a lot because it means we've just missed out most likely. But I think that that'd be a successful season. What do you the thing I think um, you've got to remember as well is in the history of the NRL, there haven't been very many teams who've taken the wooden spoon one year and then gotten back to the finals the year after. The only recent example I can remember was the Eels in 2018 um, taking the spoon and then getting back into the top eight and finishing, I think it was fifth um, in 2019 and then demolishing the Broncos at, um, at Bankwest. So it's, it's going to be tough to come from last to get to the finals. I think anywhere above 12th would be a minor success. Um, and in the finals for the season would be a major success. So I'm I'm happy to say that it would be a, a fairly successful season if we if we got into that like ninth to twelfth range. But anything below that, I think, given the signings that we've made, given the fact that the season is 27 weeks long and you play 24 games, that um, these forwards, these players, they do have time to gel. They do have time to find what works for them. So I think yeah, anything 13th or below will be a failure. And there's kind of that middle of the range there for ninth to twelfth. Right, that just about brings us to our end of our show. We are going to try and be a bit more slick and stick around that hour, hour and yeah, hour-ish mark this year. So a few people, some people enjoyed us going two hours plus, some uh, some didn't, but we'll try to be a bit, bit slicker. Internet connection, I promise, will be better next episode. That'll be Wednesday night when we uh, preview the Raiders trial. Uh no, I got that wrong. That's not the Raiders. Raiders next week. It's actually the Warriors that we're playing Warriors, this week. Yeah, yeah. I've got the, I've got, got ahead of myself. The Raiders will be next week. We'll be previewing Tigers, Warriors. I'm in preseason form, boys. Sorry, sorry for tonight, but um, look, first it's almost like a trial for us. We'll be, well, I, you boys carried me all night long, and I truly appreciate it. So uh, it's good to be back, even with this these hiccups um it's good to see you boys again likewise josh good and to, to all back. our all our listeners uh in the comments thank you for your patience see there's still 50 odd of you uh that have hung around and despite uh yeah all the crap earlier i'll um yeah if you're listening to this on audio i'll cut it it so it's a bit bit slicker so we really appreciate you guys it's great to be back and we'll talk to you again on wednesday night go the tigers go the tigers go the tigers thanks for listening to another episode of the west life podcast please follow us at west life pod on instagram and twitter and facebook.com forward slash westlifepod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast.